Somebody once told me that his name is John C. Do you know the way? It's over 9,000! It's a double rainbow all the way. Study bit me. Hello there. Hey, you. Finally away. So has a kid, has a wife. I'm a fire in the labor. Super hot fire. I spit that. So just do it! Hello and welcome to the 2020 edition of the Year in Memes podcast, an annual limited run podcast series unwrapping the year that was through the lens of the memes we shared and exploring what those memes say about us, our world, and what's important to us. My name is Paul Bautista, a millennial podcaster from New York City who spends way too much time thinking about this sort of thing, and I'll be your guide for this series. Also, a quick heads up, this episode does contain some explicit language. I'll also be uploading a version of this podcast to YouTube with the memes described displayed on screen to better follow along. A link to that will be in the show notes. All right, and joining me is our guest for this episode, Savar Serene. Savar, why don't you tell us your favorite meme of all time? Hi, I'm Savar. My favorite meme is probably over 9,000, although I feel like the quintessential meme is being Rickrolled. Because I feel like every meme, there's always a little bit of, oh my god, this is this is very so- much something that I can per- identify with and, and feel connected to. But at the same time, you're a little bit frustrated and annoyed. It's not exactly what you want it to be. Uh, I, I can definitely feel that. So, all right. So, Savard, obviously, you know, he's he's my friend from college. You know, we've obviously spent, you know, a decent amount of time just, just on our own, just like talking about memes. And, you know, one thing that came up and kind of was the inspiration for this show is the idea that, like, Memes are basically a reflection of us, right? Like they're they're a reflection of the people who make them and who spread them. And I think that's something that that we want to explore in this podcast. And obviously, I I also want to do like a year in review type show. And what better way to do that through memes? And and what a year twenty twenty has been. I mean, Sover, what what do you think? How would you describe your twenty twenty? Too much, just too, too much. much of everything. I don't even. There, there's no words I can use to describe. The sheer range of it feels like it was twenty years in the past one to twelve months. I, I I don't remember most of what happened just because time seems like an illusion now between being locked in your home for such a long period of time as well as the state of current events is. There feels like there's twenty things happening to pay attention to every ten minutes. Yeah, no. The only the only escape we have is through through the online mindless scrolling through our Instagram feeds to find like the next meme to just chuckle over. Also, one other question: you know, what 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 spaces do you tend to spend you know your online time in? Right. Obviously, there's there's you know there's idea of like the internet is like a group of you know different subgroups sub subcultures and that are kind of like interconnected with each other. Are there any particular ones you want to shout out that you spend a lot of time in? So yeah, I'm, I guess I'm a prototypical millennial-ish. The way I interact with memes over time has definitely evolved. And originally, it was primarily on just focusing on Reddit, on Imgur, on Facebook. Uh, over time, it's definitely diversified to Instagram, to Twitter, to all the other different social, social media platforms. 2020, I probably spent most of my time on Instagram in terms of meme as a meme receptacle. So, you know, obviously, we want to talk about the year that's been 2020 through the context of memes. But... 
the the idea of a meme, like you had alluded to earlier, Sovereign, has has changed over time, not only on where they show up, but kind of what it means. Right. So like the classic definition of a meme is kind of that that's Richard Dawkins uh, of definition of like, you know, essentially some idea that self-propagates itself through communication through communities, right? It's a self-replicating idea. But to that extent, the, the common parlance, I think, of what a meme is has kind of changed, right? It could just be now I feel like a lot of people, even like, you know, our, our parents' generation can see memes or a funny image and just call it like a meme, right? But I think for us, I, I at least for me personally, there's a lot of there's a diff, lot of different things that, that make a meme a meme, right? So I'm gonna hit you with a couple ideas of of memes and you can respond. With what, with whether you agree, disagree, and any particular examples that stand out for you. Uh, so first off, I think there's a difference between a meme, something being viral, and something being a meme, right? So like a video that that a lot of people tweet and reshare, and you know ends up somehow on like Good Morning America is of something viral. But that does does that make that a meme? Yes or no? No. Like I can laugh my ass off at something that's viral. But I feel like I'm not going to think about it as a meme unless it's something that I feel like there's some level I can relate to. That it's some, in some way, it connects to something in my brain and actually helps me express an idea or a feeling that I got going on. So the fact that you laugh at something, though, is that is that does that mean you connect with it, or or what what makes it different? I think if if, some, if, if it's something viral, like I enjoy it and I feel like it's going to go viral because people get it, or at least people are entertained by it. I think there's a barrier between oh I get it, I think that's funny, I think that's that, that's kind of stupid, and Oh, that exactly expresses what, what the exact feeling that I'm having right now. Like a meme is almost like a react, like it, it can serve as a reaction to something as opposed to like, oh, here's a cute dog picture that, that got seared like a billion times or whatever. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, the the, the typical quote is a, a picture is worth a thousand words, which normally can make sense. Um, I feel like a meme is worth a thousand pages in my journal because it can describe exactly what I'm feeling in that moment. It's a distillation of that of one specific emotion, right? Down and and again, it could take a form of any number of mediums, right? Which is another point, right? Memes aren't limited to any single medium, right? We could have image memes, we could have video memes. Now there are memes that are essentially like, okay, like let's say some some image from say the Tiger King, right? Like I will never financially recover from this, right? Like to to, to your earlier point, that's something that you know I spend a ton of money or whatever, and then you use that image from the show i will never financially recover from this as something from some content right the tiger king which went viral but within that viral uh source one thing we took from it was essentially this specific image this specific phrase and that phrase becomes a meme right even though it's also viral so virality is kind of almost a prerequisite to being a meme so everything all memes are viral but not everything viral is a meme yes or no I want to say yes and no to both of how you described that. Because I feel like I can imagine there being a meme where which it doesn't necessarily need to go viral. Like, and and maybe it maybe we mean like viral within a group. It doesn't have to be viral across like all ecosystems. Oh, right, of course, groups. of course. But it could be like like there's a. It, it's more just like the difference between viral and just a common the, the common idea. Because I can imagine like a meme from i mean from my experience from like the halo community where we, where everyone loves to shit on um halo 5 versus halo 1 through 3 because that's this is not, it's the perfect nostalgia versus oh they went and changed a bunch of things if i see an image or a gif of something in halo 5 and someone's making fun of it i don't have to have seen that before i just have to know the context um of like the idea and, the, and what's going on so i i think i agree like it, it definitely usually it's it's viral and usually it's something that's super popular but 
not necessarily has to be viral across everyone. I think it's more the idea has to be viral, but it doesn't have to be like the exact image or the exact meme has to be, has to have gone to that virality. Fair enough, right? So, you know, one other thing, right? So when you think about memes, at least for me, you know, like my 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 genesis of my time on the internet was you know mid 2000s right like 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 most like a lot of millennials like like like, you, like yourself where memes were originally essentially some stock image that you would maybe apply text to right like like image macros right yeah um that that would be and 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 for me that's where a lot of my idea of what a meme is comes from right it's like a template almost that ha- that has at, at, like you said kind of stands for a thousand pages in your journal right it's one sort hand reaction it's a template and then you insert context that fits a particular scenario right so for example with your halo 5 example right there's like the meme of you know halo 5 is like not as good as the first few halo games you would you could use a template not from halo to describe that feeling of feel of thinking that oh halo 5 isn't as good as the old means it's something not related to the halo but you bring that into the halo community and use that template as a as a meme basically so essentially it's like a meme is a container or almost like if it's a, to use an analogy, it's like a sandwich. The the meme is the bread, and then the filling is the context of that meme for that specific sub community or that specific emotion, specific scenario. Right. I love the analogy so much. I'm hungry now. The first meme I ever remember seeing, and when I saw it, I was like, I don't know what this is, and I don't even know what the show is. Was the Winter is Coming meme, where it's like, this is coming, finals are coming. That that's basically it kind of goes to the other part, right? It's like uh, essentially it's it's. It's basically taking something from Game of Thrones, right? There's some moment from that that becomes memeable that can be reused in a different context, basically. So that's, that's what I'm talking about, like memes as a template that can have other con- – that can fit into other contexts, basically. Yes. Now, the other part, right, is that kind of going back to the idea of virality, some things become viral – and then those become a meme in and of themselves. For example, we're going to talk about this later, but like the gender reveal fires, right? From from yeah. 2020. Like that's like an event that we all as a society come around together and made a bunch of memes about. Now, the templates used for that to respond to that meme were not uniform, but they all conveyed a similar idea. So in that case, right? Okay, so instead of a sandwich analogy, let's make it a burrito analogy, right? Like the template the template type of memes are the tortilla and then the filling oh, yes. inside of the context is that. On the other hand, you could just take the filling and make a burrito bowl out of it, right? And that becomes a meal in and of itself where the context in itself is the meal. Is the meal. I'm still, I'm hungry again, but I, I'm, I'm fully with you. I think another part of it, right, is is kind of the participatory nature of memes, right? And I'm big on this idea of like remix culture. And I think a lot of where society is going to in the long run is everyone participates in everything else and puts their own spin. Kind of like what you alluded, what you alluded to, right? Where you have to be able to have some relation to it. I think part of it is memes are enabled by technology and technology one helping the spread of memes through social media, but two, like we now have softwares and meme generators on our phones, right? Where before, you know, you know, doing it in MS Paint maybe wasn't enough. Like, And then you know, knowing how to do Photoshop was a specialized skill. Now, uh, it feels like almost everyone has access to Photoshop or some variant thereof and can make their own memes or can you know, make higher quality you know, video memes, right? And TikTok, the, the TikTok itself kind of has made making memes on that platform a lot easier for the common user, right? So to that degree, there's 
some degree of participatory nature where it's not just taking the same image and resharing it. I mean, yes, that can be a form of meme sharing, but on top of that, it's here is my idea. Here's a meme that someone else made. I'm going to take that, take out their context and insert my own in there to reflect my specific stance on the situation. I think it's a great way to describe it, especially when you talk about TikTok. Like if I think about it, all like the original musically like TikTok stuff, like before people started making and like more original content and more unique stuff. But once just as people copying the same dance with the same image or the same music playing in the background, to, in, now I'm playing back in my head, all of those were really just a meme. We're all really just very, very, very just purely participatory memes. We're just like, like exactly, everyone's copied the exact same idea with a very slight variant. The only variant is like their own image, their own person, their own house, um, and their own spin on like the, the same idea. I mean, even even like just like in TikTok, right? Like the idea of like pointing to a text or whatever, right? Um, this is an audio podcast. You guys can't see me, but I'm pointing in the air toward like some text floating above me. The idea of pointing to text to emphasize something in and of itself is a convention of the platform that leads to a lot of memes, basically. And you're going to change whatever the text is to match whatever your current, you know, your situation is, basically. That, that's a great, I love, I love that idea, though, too. Like, it's it's definitely, and especially compared to exactly to describe because technology has made it so, like, democratized, it's essentially given the power to literally anyone and everyone on the platform to be able to create a meme and like make a meme their, their own memes have definitely transformed themselves from just a something you see and you something you, you feel and into something that you can participate in and it's actually a, you can use it as an actual self-representation and merging those barriers and not just being a participant being a creator and being involved in that feedback loop of oh i, I saw that i could create it not not just being a viewer but being a participant uh i, I guess that brings us like the final point which is all again kind of the thesis of this podcast is the idea that you know memes are a reflection of us as a society as well as of our values right like we took the time even if it's just like it's a minute or so to put together a meme and it's important to us to use it to reflect something it's also a reflection of our politics and the reflection of our pop culture right i mean there's, there's going to be a whole episode later in this series about memes as a political tool right and the fact that memes are used as a political tool kind of says something about their importance now to be honest i think i would i'd probably if you showed me like a poll or like a, a like a, a psychograph of the country based off of memes versus like an actual straw poll where people call, pick up their phone i'd probably believe the memes more than i I'd believe the poll especially given the past few years of how the polls are always crapping out on us Right. And, and, and honestly, like memes can change over time, right? Like, I mean, Pepe the Fog, right, started off as one meme and now it's been co-opted by like the alt-right basically to, to mean another thing. And now the creator is trying to re-co-opt Pepe the Fog back to his original meaning basically, right? Um, which, which I think is another point, right? Memes aren't static, right? The memes we're going to be covering in this show obviously reflect us at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, and our take on what they represent about us now. But frankly, there are also going to be some memes I'm going to cover in this series that are resurgences of old memes that have come that were three to five, even 10 years old, that for whatever reason have come back in vogue and in popularity, but also because of the context of our society have taken on a new meaning. All right. Anyway, that's enough theory crafting. I think the, the best way we're going to be able to understand these concepts is to look at some memes from the past year, uh, which is kind of what you've, you've signed on this show to hear about. So we'll do a little bit of reminiscing on, along the way. Any any other thoughts before we hop in, Summer? Um, I'm ready to jump in. Let's go. All right. Cool. So the first kind of category of memes I wanted to look at 
at uh, is basically memes that are looking at the current of the events of 2020, which again, like Sarah said, feels like it's been 20 years in one year. But uh, so we'll we'll start off uh, back in January. So Sarah, why don't you go ahead and tell me the meme that, that I have up on the screen for you that I highlighted? Okay, so the first one I see is at the top says boomers, climate change isn't real. But Australia is saying it's literally just uh, Elmo in front of a fire saying let the flames consume all. The next one I got the top text at the top saying most of the world is, is, is calling out. Oh, my God, it's getting colder. I wonder if it's, if it's going to snow for Christmas. Australians with a Shrek upside down on the map of all of Australia, essentially up in flames on the map of every single wildfire across the, across the country calling out my world's on fire. How about yours? Ah, classic smash, smash, smash. All right. So, you know, what what do you remember about January and, and the Australian wildfire summer? I remember all I could read what and all I could see was pictures of Australia literally on fire and kind of it's it spelling the beginning of the end times. Uh, yeah. So basically, according to, to Know Your Meme, right, this is where uh, Sada Know Your Meme for the source of a lot of the research I've been doing for this this episode. So the wildfire season in Australia started in September 2019, actually. Um, in November 12th, it was declared to be a catastrophic fire danger, though for some reason, right, I guess like in late 2019, we probably heard about it, but it was only Really, for me, in January, where we really started hearing about, you know, just how mu- how bad it was, right? Um, some statistics, basically, by January 2020, uh, there were 16 million acres being burned, 500 million animals affected, either killed or injured or driven out of their habitats. Um, eventually, though, you know, thankfully, the fires were extinguished by March 4th uh, of this year, um, but it kind of just went on for a really long time. I remember like uh, even during the Golden Globes, a lot of people, like some of the some of the recipients were saying like pray for Australia, donate to Australia basically. So, you know, this is I think one uh, just a good example of uh, memes as a way of maybe raising awareness also um, to, to some degree, right? Like people in Australia or, or people who are concerned about climate change using memes as a way to convey that, hey, this is something affecting our environment right now, this very moment. So I want to talk about the next one because I feel like th- this next one really am, like personifies exactly what where my mind was at in the middle of twenty in the beginning of twenty twenty with Australia burning in 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 one context, but that was honestly that was one of everything that was going on that was kind of setting the tone for how crazy twenty twenty was going to be. So it's twenty twenty starts. You got one, and these are all SpongeBob and Patrick based. So it's pretty hilarious. As it, even if you don't have any context. So first is Iran and the USA essentially pointing guns at each other. Then we got Venice, which looks like it's flooding. You got Australia, which is SpongeBob in the in, in as a chef in the middle of the most raging red fire I've ever seen. And then you got China uh, with a sick SpongeBob saying, "I am sick." And honestly, that was so crazy. Just as January, but I think this really says it all. Where it's on the right, you got Patrick in a sweater saying, "When you realize 2020 has 11 more months, you want mom to pick me up because because you're just scared." Yeah, I know. I mean, we'll get we'll get to World War Three, you know, in in for the next memes, for the next series of memes. But yeah, I mean, it it's literally like what this was like the first or second day of the year, and we already had just just so much happening in 2020. I think specifically, we'll get to this later also, but we just had so much hope. I think after 2019, frankly, wasn't the best of years. It's like, oh, 2020 is going to be a new decade. We're going to go to the Roaring Twenties and have a great time, and then uh, we basically get bit slapped in the beginning of the year, saying, uh, nope. Uh, this is just going to get worse from here, basically. Uh, so hopping over to the next category of memes, uh, Sava, why don't you describe a couple of these for, for the audience? So let's start with the one where it's everyone making World War Three memes. 
than me as a, a night me a 19 year old Iranian boy who's seeing the meme in her in real life uh, and Ralph from uh, the Simpsons is chuckling to himself I'm I'm in danger uh, wow that got real that's super real yeah I mean that's basically an example of what we talked earlier it's like it's this template of a common template right the the Ralph chuckling I'm in danger dot PNZ um, that's used as like a reaction to this specific situation, right? That, that we kind of described earlier, right? Can you describe like another one? Yeah, and this one next. I'm sure you everyone's seen a little bit of Pawn Stars, if not the meme, where it's it's two guys from Pawn Stars calling out what you can do. The quote is: "18 year olds, can I can I have a a cigarette or a beer?" The U.S. government's like, "Nah, the best we can do is just war with Iran," right. which I, I enjoy because one's calling out this reality, and also definitely it, it it's. Talking about just like the power of memes, like in that one, in in two sentences in one picture, it's like calling out, it's like social commentary on how the U.S. just sends its children out to war, even though they're too young to buy a cigarette and too young to buy a beer and too young to do stuff that, quote unquote, an adult should be able to do. But apparently they're old enough to go die. Right, and then you know, there's this other one down here that that, that I have. Uh, it's, it's from Mean Girls, right? It's it's me and my friends two days after two days of 2020. Uh, it's that that car scene from from Mean Girls where they have they photoshopped some U.S. Army helmets on on the characters. Uh, get in, losers, we're getting drafted. This is definitely, I think, a, a, a we're one real Gen Z, which again, neither of us are Gen Z members, but I know that definitely right, a lot of Gen Z members are just coming of age of around 18 or 19 years old, and from what I saw on the on the commentary online, you know, this was a lot of uh, a, a lot of anxiety of like maybe the U.S. might bring back that. Which, you know, to give context for for this category of means, if you forgot, uh, two days into uh, 2020, um, uh, Trump ordered the assassination of Iranian General uh, Qasem Soleimani, um, which led to speculation of a potential World War III between uh, Iran and the U.S., which was alluded to, you know, in the in that meme that someone described earlier. Ultimately, nothing ended up happening in terms of an actual draft or, or going to war. But you know, I, I saw a lot of discussion online about these memes. Of these memes are almost like a coping mechanism, especially for Gen Z, who would be the most affected by this. And it says something about maybe their generation, which I, I probably need to find someone who's Gen Z to be a, a guest on this show to talk about their perspective on memes and how they use memes as a coping mechanism. What do you think, Saver? I mean, I think that definitely makes sense. I Again, I, I hate speaking for other people, but speaking for Gen Zs for a second, um, I mean, this is the, this is the first generation to who, who was raised with the internet from their the, during their entire life. They they were raised in being able to in a culture of being able to express themselves in very complex ways. So th- this definitely makes sense. And we, we talk about being able to use a meme to express what's in your brain and, and make sure and have that feeling ex- expressed out online with your peers. Um, I can't imagine a better way to be honest. If I was way savvier in in, in the build in terms of being able to make memes. And more creative that way to to use this to express what's going on. I honestly, my ideal scenario would be I make a meme, send that to my therapist instead of having like a half hour session because I feel like again I'd, I'd be able to get so much more out and convey so much more in that one little tidbit of text and image. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe we should make a startup for therapy through memes, basically. I'm in. All right, uh, we'll skip over probably the biggest uh, event of 2020. Um, because you know that's a whole category of memes in and of themselves. But let's move to another event from 2020. Uh, can you describe some of the memes you see here, Xavier? You know, to be honest, these describe probably my favorite like calamity of this year. Instead of saying it, I'm just going to jump straight in and describe the first meme. So we got 2020 going on, and then we got a picture of Salt Bay with God sprinkling some murder hornets on 2020. 
God, Murder Hornets. So the context of Murder Hornets is that May 2nd, the New York Times published an article about the invasion of Asian giant hornets coming to the U.S., which they basically just like took as like, okay, murder, murder hornets are here, right? And again, this is after everything we just talked about for the last two memes, plus COVID-19 hitting us. So, you know, this is basically what else can we add to 2020 at this point, right? No, exactly. There was a couple of, uh, of, of of funny memes I saw. There's a, a couple of Twitter memes, right? So, um, and in fact, I think the, the the Hornet memes were mostly a text-based meme, more so than like an image meme. I mean, obviously, there were some image memes and some image reactions, but a lot of it were people just on Twitter saying like, "This is kind of ridiculous" and kind of making like joke formats, right? So. Uh, this one from user at Portmanteau Face, uh, CDC, how can we get them to stop going outside, you know, in response to the, the self-quarantining that we needed to do with COVID-19? God, inventing murder hornets. Lol, check this out, basically. And another one, right, at Chutney Spears saying, I feel like God is just using an end-of-the-world problem generator and just got murder hornets. That's legit what it felt like. I, I, I remember we saw like people calling out it's God, people calling out it's calling out this the simulation. Um, this one on Twitter from at Jax Panda Diaz for the US is 2020 has been a weird game of Jumanji, but I think it's over. The news hashtag murder hornets found in the US for the first time. And we're like, whatever is happening, someone just clicked the, the randomized button on what can go wrong and it just never stopped. We're going to go ahead and hop. I alluded to this meme earlier uh, in the podcast, but this we're going to jump over to September 5th. Uh, uh, and can you tell us about some of the memes you see here? There's so, so, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be upfront. Like this entire v- level of meme and this like genre of meme kind of passed me by until I, until someone called them out. And then I saw them everywhere. So I'll call it the first one, which I think is the most explosive uh, pun intended. Explosive. Uh, where it's a it, essentially a picture of a huge, huge bomb. It's from like a picture of Earth from orbit, and it looks like a, the most gigantic you can ever imagine has gone out. And the middle it says, "It's a boy." We got another one on, from Twitter from at, uh, Eric Allen Hatch, and it's a scene from Terminator Two: Judgment Day. If anyone's familiar, it's that scene when Sarah Connor is staring out at the at the playground, and then the nuke hits and then everything gets incinerated and that's still of her and her skeleton just getting incinerated and lit on fire and again it's calling out it's a boy right so you know i i particularly like this one of the you know the this is fine uh dog that's like guys sitting in like a burning room and then instead of saying this is fine it's just him saying it's a boy you know among burning fire right so context for this for those who don't remember this meme uh september 5th uh there was a smoke generating device used at like a gender reveal party uh in california that ended up causing uh, or at least partly causing the el dorado fire in san bernardino california which you know over the summer obviously there were a lot of wildfires not only not only in australia here in the states we got our share of wildfires as well um where I, if you remember there were a lot of pictures of like the, the sky just turning like a deep red just of, of all like the air pollution and so this is like another fire but i think what these memes are commenting on is, is isn't so much that oh we have fires kind of like you dumb motherfuckers! You made another fire because of your gender reveal party kind of kind of situation. And talking about like our types of memes, right? So as opposed to say, for example, we talked about uh, using the the Ralph meme to to talk about World War Three as a common template that is used for something. Here we are taking 
images that may not always be used for memes, but they're being recontextualized to become a meme for this specific incident. I particularly like these two. Uh, this is one from Mulan at the beginning of the movie where they light the fires on the Great Wall of China. And you know the soldier says, now all of China knows you're here, except they've changed the text to say, now all of California knows it's a boy, basically, right? Kind of commenting, which I think there's also been like a trend in recent years, kind of from you know one, one side of the ideological spectrum, kind of mocking the idea of having a gender reveal party and kind of how ridiculous the idea might be for them. Kind of, you know, not only for them, for whatever reasons, they don't like gender reveal parties. On top of that, you're adding that you're literally burning down the state for a gender reveal party, I think, adds to like a, the ludicrous commentary on the whole practice. Yeah, I mean, can we just take a step back and be like, and, and let's call it the, the two crazy things here. One is, and maybe this is just a, a part of social understanding that I just lost out on. One, I don't understand why you need to create another reason for a party just to ha- to say what the sex of your baby is going to be, what the gender of your baby is going to be. Uh, it's a nice celebration. Do you need a whole like rigmarole and a big announcement? Probably not. The second part is, if you're going to do something that's as ups- random as, as that type of a celebration, probably don't do it in a way that could endanger the lives of, of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I I will say like on the first part, like I definitely grew up, you know, my upbringing is I grew up in in places in, in, of the country where gender reveal, reveal parties are pretty common. There are cultural reasons that maybe you and I, you know, as we are nowadays, maybe find kind of ludicrous and, you know, a large part of society might find ludicrous. But granted, there is another part of society, which maybe that's like a blind spot for us about, you know, culturally why it's significant. But that being said, your second point, don't burn down the state while you're trying to do a gender reveal party. Pretty spot on. All right, so we're going to go ahead and hop down to Christmas time, so in November. So I'm in New York. Sorry, you used to live in New York. Uh, do you remember the Rockefeller tree? You know, down oh, of in, course. In Rockefeller you can see it from space. Oh, really? I didn't know you could see it from space. Well, I mean, not really, but you, you essentially can. It's, it's huge, and it's, it's the most ginormous tree you're probably ever going to see that's celebrating Christmas. Right. So, you know, this went viral uh, on November 14th when the Rockefeller Center Instagram shared a photo of the tree being, you know, put up right ahead of the the, the grand lighting ceremony. Uh, can you go ahead and describe what the tree looks like? I feel like the only way I can describe this is if you took a really nice looking tree and then just removed all the parts of it that made it look like a good looking tree and then put that back up and then got some really bad, like uh, got some first graders who are really bad at arts and crafts to paste back up all the leaves in a really weird way. That's about as close as I can get. It's, it's, in reality, it's essentially it's, it, it's a huge tree. Um, looks like it's like half the size of like a, a normal apartment building in New York. But one side of it seems like there's completely sheared off all the leaves, all the branches, and you just see kind of a skeleton of all of some of the leaves. And one side of it has some leaves and looks kind of green. The other side just looks like a skeleton of, of a hor- horrified, petrified tree. Now, that was a lot of words to describe this tree. Why don't you try doing it in meme form, like some of these memes that we have described up here? So... Let's first use use a Christmas classic, a Charlie Brown Christmas, to, to help describe this. So if you guys are familiar with the, the picture of kind of a, a really skinny, just like a three foot high, like there's four branches on it, like maybe five leaves on it. Compare that against the the, the first meme is, is that next to the image of the Rockefeller tree. Looks honestly relatively accurate if you just blew up that tree about 20,000 times. Uh, the second one is a, a tweet from at Hi Chris Ryan calling out, in true 2020 form, this Rockefeller Center Christmas tree looks like it tried to cut its own hair. How many times have you cut your hair this this, this quarantine? So it kind of weirdly, I cut my hair own hair twice this quarantine. Then I got some haircuts um, outside. The funny thing is I actually cut my hair a few times in the past few years as well. 
So it wasn't horrible because for whatever reason I just thought, oh, I want to see how hard this is. Not as hard when you when you're a dude with relatively short hair and all you really need is a trimmer. For some reason, it gets a lot harder when you have to do it alone in your room uh, during quarantine. Yeah, for me, I have not had a haircut since February, actually. Um, and I am kind of scared to try to cut my hair. So I'm, I'm actually like rocking the, the the corona hair at this point. I'm finally tempted to see how long I can get it. Frankly, like if, I'm, if we're going to be working from home for the indefinite future, I might as well just let it go out. Who else am I going to see in person aside from my wife? And honestly, it's suiting you. It, it really works for you so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so this, we have this other meme from uh, at Pretzel at Pretzmel. Um, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree is an accurate depiction of 2020. Um, kind of no, you know, no comment there. And you know, the before and after the Rockefeller Christmas tree is a representation of how 2020 has done us. So yeah, I mean, I think what you said, like, there's something about this meme where we relate to it at the beginning. Like a meme is like this one went viral, but it became a meme because of how people related to it, right? It wasn't just entertaining, right? Frankly, just seeing a picture of a tree isn't entertaining. The emotional relation to like this tree represents what I feel it happened in 2020 makes it a meme, I think. Oh, for sure. Like this was one news story where I saw like the headline and I was like, I don't really care about this at all. But I, I flipped through and I saw so many of these memes and I was so emotionally invested in all of these memes. We'll also have the monoliths. Uh, so do you remember the monoliths? Did you hear about this monoliths? Oh, of course, for sure. Like my brain still associates monolith as the true depiction that this year is just going so crazy that the aliens legitimately have come. So, what are some of the memes that you see, that you're seeing here? I think this first one's the best one. I think first one definitely is the best one. It's at it's from Twitter at Jim F Felton, uh, calling out it's happening, and he posted two uh, two posts. One from the New York Post, mystifying monolith found amid Utah rocks. Another one from I from IFL Science. Uh, calling out a group of monkeys in Panama has just entered the Stone Age. If no one, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick opens with these these uh, monkeys just going at, going crazy and killing each other, and then they uh, they see this this weird crazy looking monolith, and that's kind of the entire first act, and and that sets the tone before shit goes down. Yeah, which as you alluded to, the monolith was set by aliens on this Earth to like try to advance the primates on the planet to the next stage of evolution, basically, right? Um, and you know, other beams like this is one from an episode of SpongeBob where there's this ice monolith, I guess, uh, where he says, "Be the monolith." And frankly, granted, this is coming from the official SpongeBob Twitter account, actually. And then another one of you know someone photoshopped in uh, uh, Han Solo being carbonite frozen onto the monolith. You know, a few weeks ago in the state park, not so far away. Basically. Now, I will say, right, there is a, something to be said about how corporations use memes, right? So corporations obviously try to get in. And, and to some degree, right, some people say when the corporations get in on the memes, it, the meme's kind of dead at that point. Sometimes sometimes they're pretty good, right? Like we have one here of Southwest Airlines. Um, if you've ever flown Southwest Airlines, they have a boarding system where you have the uh, – where you have a number assigned to you. And they have these pillars in the airport that kind of look like the monolith with the numbers. So they have one here. It's Southwest Airlines saying, sorry, all we needed it back. And they Photoshop their own like uh, seating numbers uh, monolith uh, on top of the monolith picture uh, from Utah. Kind of speaks to the fact that 
companies are now using memes as a way to like relate to consumers or try to relate to consumers kind of, again, speaks volumes to the power of, of memes nowadays. I guess we, we probably should give the context of what the monolith was. So on November 18th, the Aero Bureau of Utah Department of Public Safety reported finding this monolith, which according to people later looking on Google Maps, was installed actually way back between August 2015 and, the, and October 2016, apparently. So it's been there for I a while. They just hadn't found part, it. Actually. Yeah. So, so I actually did the research on this. So it was removed November 27th by some unknown men. And then another monolith appeared in Romania November 26th, later disappearing on November 30th. So the, I think part of it was that people were just wondering, like, they're popping up in different parts around the world. And then another one was found uh, in California on December 2nd. Um, so it turns out an artist, co- the artist collective, the most famous artist, uh, took credit for these monoliths, apparently. Um, not sure if it's actually them or not, but that they're claiming that it was them, apparently. That's super interesting. I had no idea about any of that. I didn't know anyone took credit, and I didn't know this was humans. It's like the meme it kind of outlives the actual story, right? The, the story of the meme is more important than the actual reality of, of what happened, right? Absolutely. Okay, so this last meme, I'm, we talked before, so you didn't know what this one was about, and you said, you know, the, the monolith was about aliens. So can you describe, you know, some of these memes? Yeah, so I'm, I'm and, and would love to you to give some context on this. I'm going to describe these as someone who has no idea what these are about. And would love to understand because and but again, like I would still look at these and enjoy them, assuming that someone else was enjoying them, and or assuming that there is some random absurdity going on. So first of all, I'll call out uh, from at the beast underscore double oh seven. This meme actually came true. Hashtag aliens. Hashtag clock federation. It's twenty twenty finale. Group a bunch of aliens c- calling out, uh, saying, "We're up next." Fuck, I'm nervous. Right. So to get to to fill you in, right. So December second, an Israeli newspaper interviews Haim Eshed, the former head of the Israeli space security program, and he goes on this crazy rant, basically saying that there's a galactic federation of aliens that has been in contact with the U.S. and Israel, and that humans will be allowed to join the galactic federation when they evolve. Uh, and apparently, Donald Trump has been like you know cued in on on all of this happenings and goings on basically so it's basically him saying yeah the aliens are here and they're real basically i did not know about any of this and i honestly 100 believe it i'm in like i'm on board like i this makes complete sense i went through some weird alien ufo rabbit holes when i was super bored last year uh and this honestly maps up with all of that uh let, let's go let's join the galactic federation i'm in I mean, speaking of last year, like, do you remember the area? Like, let let's let's Naruto run into Area Fifty One memes. <laughs> that was that that that's like a crazy idea of uh, or crazy uh, instance of what should have just been a meme and stayed as a meme, translating into real world life, where like hundreds or not thousands of people actually showed up in Nevada to storm Area Fifty One. Talking just talking more deeply about this meme, right? Like the fact that it's kind of like a this is almost like another murder hornet situation, right? Where it's like. It's kind of, frankly, the year has been ridiculous already. Like this meme with the sock Pikachu face, like us. What's next in 2020? Aliens, lol. December, Galactic Federation. And then us, sock Pikachu face, right? Like the fact that like when this year kind of turned upside down back in Q1 and by the end of the year, people people were saying, oh, by the end of the year, the aliens are going to be here. It's almost like, this is almost like closing the loop on what we frankly expected. Before we hop into the next category of memes, right? Like, what would you say? What? What? Do, how? How do you think these memes let us communicate about current events in a more meaningful way than 
you know, supposedly intelligent, you know, measured logical discourse? Like, what role do memes have in that conversation? I feel like when if you're trying to have like a conversation about something, especially like an intelligent conversation where everyone's trying to take each other seriously, you have to throw out a lot of like qualifiers and a lot of assumptions. You have to be like, hey guys, by the way, this I'm I'm like kind of serious about this, but I'm not super serious about this. So just so you know, not to take me too seriously. And then you have to like say give it the context about everything. Then you have to say, okay, now that we're here, now that you know what I'm talking about, let me say this is how I feel about it. I mean, it's almost, it's almost like our conversation at the top of the episode of like, what is a meme? Like that was a long conversation, just kind of like qualifying what is and isn't a meme, right? Exactly. But with a meme, like you can just go jump straight into it because you're, you're starting with something that you guys already know context on. A picture of Pikachu, a picture of some aliens, a picture of Eric Andre. It's like, a, sword, it's like a sword hand, right? It's like a sword hand uh, macro almost on how to, how to describe your, an emo, a particular emotion. Exactly. It's emotional or like a, fe- a shorthand for a feeling. I love that. Which I think, right, another thing is like over text, right? Uh, obviously, you and I are having this conversation where we have tone, we have like a video feed up where we can kind of see each other's face and, and, and kind of get some sense of like nonverbal cues. I think in a growingly digital age where a lot of those like nonverbal communication cues aren't really there anymore, right? I think memes are a way to add nonverbal communication and emotion and intonation to language that we wouldn't have otherwise. It was just strictly text. For sure. We skipped over the biggest uh, event of the year, COVID-19. You know, there were countless number of memes we could have talked about here uh we'll just speed run through a couple of these um so you know this first meme uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and describe some of these uh we had the uh the wash your hands meme right so if you remember back at a uh, beginning of the covid right cdc was telling us wash your hands for at least you know 120 seconds uh sing happy birthday to it right so what happened was this guy william gibson on twitter march 18th so like right before we all went into quarantine made a site to generate an infographic on how to properly wash your hands by putting in a specific lyrics to a song and so using like a cdc guideline so for example uh we have one where the first image is you know the first image on how to wash your hands like put under the water and get soaped and wash rub your hands in a certain way there's the first image is like is this real life is this just fantasy second image caught in the landslide no escape from reality Third one, open your eyes, look up to the sky and see, and the lyrics of Bohemian Rhapsody go on from there. Um, I see other ones, for example, for uh, All Star, right? Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. Uh, I ain't the sharpest tone to said. I see one for Scrub, which is, I think, actually low-key, uh, a really clever one because, you know, Scrub and Scrub Your Hands, right? Next up, uh, quarantine activity. So, Salvar, what have you been up to in quarantine? So been doing a lot of sitting and thinking, been doing a lot of imagining how I could tidy up my home and how I could reorganize it and then not doing it. Uh, Probably the biggest thing I I did was rewatch a whole bunch of anime, to be honest. Mm. Now, you know, definitely, definitely, I'm, I feel you on the anime, right? I actually started an anime podcast uh, over quarantine, right? As well as a Magic the Gathering podcast. I, I Podcasting was my quarantine hobby. But for other people, right, there was definitely a trend of some things just becoming super popular, right? So can you describe some of the memes that, that, that I'm showing you right now? For sure. So I think starting off with, with something I, I tried and failed at, the first one, quarantine, day 37, mom coming to my room. You love your plant, don't you? Uh, it's my it's my best friend, and it's, it's uh, a guy fiddling around with his plant. Uh, we got another one, and I'll, I'll call out uh, at Olga Hazan, um, saying, "Please, God, someone do a support so my boyfriend will stop talking about a sourdough starter." On top of honestly, a, a beautiful looking piece of sourdough. I mean, one more. It's it's the Winnie the Pooh uh, before and after with a the afters and it is in tux. 
uh, or before he's how do you how to make cappuccino without machine by the end of it he's like they'll go in a coffee yeah so you know this is definitely there were a couple of things that you know i remember a lot of people got into sourdough for example right everyone for some reason wanted to make sourdough uh, my wife got into getting a lot of plants actually as well so i, I can say that one's true and i did make the longer coffee once actually or is it dalgona um, um another trend that kind of drove people a little bit crazy uh, can you describe some of these memes <laughs> Okay, this definitely was super real, especially in the first few days. And when the news first came out, there's so much confusion about the pandemic and about quarantine, really. Uh, let's start with the first one. Or it's Apparently, this is how people are protecting themselves. It's a picture of poor people literally wrapped up with more toilet paper than you could ever imagine, um, how they can protect themselves from the, from the coronavirus. We got one which I think describes it super perfectly. It's Smeagol or Golem, depending on, on how do you want to look at his eyes, holding uh, a toilet paper as my precious. Yeah, there was also a couple that, that I think like tie into some other existing memes, right? So there's this meme of like CVS receipts are just so long, right? If you just like buy one thing. And then there's this one where someone took a picture of the CVS uh, receipt wrapped around the toilet paper dispenser saying those CVS receipts are finally paying off, uh, kind of, you know, alluding that it's a replacement for toilet paper. And then to the last one, right, growing your own plants, uh, at Dana Jean Taylor says growing my own toilet paper. And it's like a, you know, kind of like a, a toilet paper roll uh, with toothpicks in a glass of water as if they're trying to like, you know, grow a, a toilet paper plant, so to speak. So, I mean, yeah, everyone remembers, I think that for some reason, toilet paper just became a super hot commodity, even though like it doesn't really do anything to, like help the coronavirus, right? For some reason, it was just like this collective subconscious desire to have toilet paper, like mass panic, right? Which... Could frankly be a good analogy for just how like memes spread to some to, to some degree, right? Like there's like this mass subconscious like reaction to something, right? That that leads us to all have the similar reaction. Okay, this one was pretty funny, right? The next one up. This first one is the 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 origin tweet. It's at Thomas Soltz saying, "Wow, the Earth is recovering. Air pollution is slowing down. Water pollution is clearing up. Natural wildlife returning home. Coronavirus is Earth's vaccine. We are the virus." And this led to a lot of spinoff tweets. Uh, which can you describe some of these, Sover? So I got one from Alex uh, at Alex Lockhart. With everyone on lockdown, the cakes are finally returning to the ocean. Nature is healing. We are the virus. I'll do uh, one uh, at Kovic1 uh, from Twitter, um, calling out nature is healing. We are the virus with a uh, with a still from Jurassic Park with all the animals, sorry, all the dinosaurs just living peacefully together. Yeah. So, you know, this started from a false claim, I think, that, you know, Venice canals were now cleaner, um, right? Uh, because, you know, no one was like driving around in their boats in, in Venice, which, you know, to some degree was true. But, uh, you know, you know, again, Thomas Saltz kind of started off in March 17. And this kind of like went crazy from there. People, this this leans again into the absurdist side of memes, where like stuff like the cake is returning to the ocean. So there's this one of lime scooters are returning to the ocean, basically to the river, um, with a picture of lime scooters in there. And it's like this ties into a broader theme, almost of like climate change, right? Like with uh, the Australian wildfire memes from from earlier that we talked about. Oh, for sure. Like to the extent that it's, it's something I think I first became aware of because they straight up talked about this in the Matrix. Um, but also I think I was pretty sure I was listening to NPR the other day and they went, had an hour long segment about how, like being very realistic in terms of examining how humans mimic bacteria or parasites on the planet. So there's something about that, right? Where it's like, there is an element of truth in these memes, right? Like there is truth that without humans being out and about in our normal economic activity, there is a decreased amount of, you know, carbon emissions and so on, right? Like that's negatively impacting the environment. 
Now, these memes kind of take it to the you know extreme degrees, right? So, what about this meme and other memes where like things are taken to the nth degree? Like, why why does that the kind of humor we turn to? I, I think it just shows like there, there's a, definitely a spectrum with any idea, and there's any spectrum with any any meme because like on one side you have like the bare bones version of it, it's just text where we are the virus, and then you prog- progressively you can see like the entire range of we are the virus in so many different connotations, so many different interpretations. And honestly, I think I can't even say which one would be most extreme and which one's most absurd, to be honest, because I feel like it really comes down to your own personal ideas, and your own personal connotations. And I think this, the fact that there's so many, it lets us, it lets so many of us identify with them because there's such a range. And as an individual, you can just find the one that best personifies or best speaks to like, your context and how you interpret things and, and speak to it that way. So memes have like that one, there's like that one central pillar, the core meme, but then the, the individual offshoots let us find our own home within that meme, so to speak. Exactly. It's it's the different tortillas and different faces on top of the the meat of the of the core idea. Speaking of different faces, let's talk let's talk talk about this next meme. Uh, we talked about how it felt like you know, 2020 has been a crazy amount of, a crazy long time. I think that first month of quarantine has a spe- was especially hard for a lot of people. Um, so can you talk about this meme? Oh, for sure. So I'm 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 gonna start with some of my favorite versions of this first with at Ditzkoff, uh, March first versus April first. You got a picture of uh, of Chris Evans looking looking super fly, looking super slick, looking super young, and then it's Chris Evans as Captain America when he's gone th- as old Captain America in the end of Avengers Endgame. Um, another one, just call it the same thing. You got at the playlist. Me on March first, Jack Nicholson looking super fly, looking super young, looking super happy at the beginning of The Shining. Me on March 31st, it's Jack Nicholson right before he goes full-on crazy person at the end of The Shining. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's also this one, right? Like, at Wonder Ollie. Let's be real, friends. No one was wide-eyed and optimistic at any point this year. March 1st is like a young uh, Sarah Connor from The Terminator. Uh, and then the, uh, April 1st is the older Sarah Connor from uh, Terminator. I think Dark Fate, the, the one that just came out last year. Oh, yeah. They're both, like, grizzled or whatever. One's just older than the other, right? So, I mean, this is basically, again, commenting on the fact that it's, like, been a super long run. The original one actually was from at Agent Prinsley, which is, like, a image. Uh, the March 1st image is uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. And then March uh, 31st or April 1st image is, like, a rusted-down version of Thomas the Tank Engine. So, kind of, like, showing, like, how this year has felt, like, multiple years in one um, but i think to your point right earlier right like everyone can find the thing to them that they resonate with maybe it's sarah connor maybe it's jack nicholson maybe it's captain america um and we all have the thing that we relate to that that we want to uh talk about basically this we'll, we'll, we'll breeze through a couple of these there's this one like how how do you like to send how do you like to send your emails uh nowadays Robert? what's your go-to greeting on on emails oh no so i like i like the i like hearing one that goes like uh you know uh hope you're staying positive and testing negative oh that's so much nicer and so much more nicer than what I am. I, I think I've just been at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, hope you're keeping safe, stay well, stay safe, wash your hands and stuff like that. We'll always throw those in. At this point, I think I'm just jaded and just so done with everything that I, I don't even want to take the time to acknowledge what's going on. I'd rather sure. live in my little digital bubble and think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just online. The world is happy here. Fair enough. These memes come from uh, early in, in, in April. And they've kind of continued since. Um, you know, before the pandemic, there was always like, hope this email finds you well. And so this meme, uh, kind of playing off of that, if you want to describe some of them. Oh, for sure. Start with, with uh, at Winter Spooky. Uh, I hope this email finds you well. How the email found me, looking super sad and super depressed. Um, let's do another one with uh, at Phil Murr. 
I hope this email finds you well. And uh, the email found him as the scariest looking Squidward all shriveled up as, as I've ever seen. And one more for all of us Office fans out there. At the real wavy baby. And it's the picture of Kelly post juice cleanse when it looks like she's struggling to stay alive. Yes. I mean, this is just kind of like, again, finding something from, especially I think pop culture, right? Like pop culture as like a reaction to how we're feeling. And again, this is something that can't really be described in words and something that can't be described. You know, an email text is pretty sterile. There's really no images. These images kind of give light to what people want to say uh, that they can't in text form. I have a feeling that, you know, COVID and COVID memes not only influence our memes for a long time to come, but also just influence our pop culture and just our society for for years to come, right? Oh, for sure. All right. So finally, right, the last category of memes is uh, what I call mental state. So these are kind of memes alluding to kind of like what our mental state is in 2020. So here, here's the first one that actually, these, these memes actually started back in 2008, but, and another, and there were a couple other in 2015, but they really got widespread uh, in the middle of this year. Um, can, you, can you describe some of these? I got one from at Milky Goddess. It's uh, phys- physically I'm here, but mentally I'm, and it's a cow in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, this this meme kind of just, just speaks to, you know, we are just so fed up, right? And, and our mental energy has just been spent by by halfway through the year, right? Sorry, I do, I do want to call it like a, like a happier one because like Buffy's Gilmore says, mentally, I'm here. And it's a picture of Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls, which makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, especially compared to the to, to, to everything else. But I think it's more speaking to like the escapism and the desire. That we just want to get away. We just want to get away from what's going on in our lives right now. Right. So I think there are different ways this meme evolved, which is pretty interesting, right? You have the meme that's frankly somewhat absurdist. You have the cow just like in uh in like in in the ocean. It's kind of absurd. There's another one uh from At Helen where it's like these three whatever sea creatures around a bag of Doritos, which is like frankly kind of ridiculous. Um so those are like the more absurd, like we're our brains just mentally fried. There are those like um this one from At Paper Sill, uh, which is a scene from Midsomar, which is just like People like crying is being broken down. We're just like tired and broken down. Um, not maybe not to the point of absurdity, but of just being just tired. And then, like you said, there's the escapism, right? Like they want to uh, be at the Gilmore or at the Gilmore or a set, basically. Or this one from uh, from Shrek Two. Mentally, I'm here, and it's too far, far away from Shrek Two, basically. So it's just like I'm far away from here. I'm escaping. So it's interesting. This this same meme can take on different different uh, meanings, right? Even though it's the same original context. Let's see, we have one, uh, which is O to B. Uh, it's kind of in the similar vein to Mentally I'm Here, but it's just like a meme of a little bit absurdist, right? O to B, a tiny lizard licking an orange. Uh, o to B, a fluffy Japanese pancake. This is just like very comforting images as opposed to the uh mentally i'm here which went like in very different directions uh this one is everyone everyone who uses the mean is basically just to be o to be something comforting right especially in this trying time uh uh this peaked again before covid actually hit and kind of like the stress of 2020 was already getting to us it but this also speaks again to the ability to customize a meme to whatever speaks to your aesthetic Right. And honestly, I think this is kind of unique, or not unique, but like I feel like these are kind of rare type of memes because usually memes I feel like are expressing a more visceral and more negative and a more like complaining emotion. Or maybe I'm just biased across remembering memes from this year. But these are way more happy, way more expressing good and positive feeling type of memes where you feel like, oh, okay, I feel that this is reminding me that I it can feel, it, it can be a lot better. It can feel a lot nicer that there is an imagination that I can have where uh, everything is, is happy and fluffy. 
Yeah, though there is an element of like, oh, I'm not in that place, so I'm not there, right? So this is more like an aspiration of something that you, you can't really be a fluffy pancake, right? You, maybe you can. I can. This one uh, is actually a spinoff of another meme, but why don't you go ahead and read this first one here? So we're starting off with a, you're finally awake. That fall looked really bad. Industrialized society, humans, what are you talking about? Let's go eat ants. And it's uh, a bunch of, uh, I want to say bonobos or at least some type of large... Uh, large wild ape staring at you. Yeah, yeah, and this 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 one. Uh, hey, Ro, finally you're finally you're awake. You hit your head pretty hard back there. 2020 global pandemic, economic devastation. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, hurry up, Limp Biscuit are on stage next, and we're going to go back to Cody's to play PS2 after the concert. I mean, these are basic. This is uh, the you're finally awake meme. People are basically saying that. What if 2020 was all a dream, right? Let's just rewind in time. And, you know, specifically, right, this first one of the monkeys are actually the origin. There's just been this broader trend of, like, return to monkey, where people want to return to, like, some anachronistic, uh, pro- pre-human, pre-industrialized, like, just basically going back to a simpler time, basically, uh, right? So this is basically uh, a spinoff of that, where obviously it started off with monkey, but it spread to, like, you know, going back to, like, an, you know, uh, Limp Biscuit fans circa 2000. Was it probably 2002 or something like this? And then uh, now throwing it way back, it's actually a December uh, 2019 meme, but it, it is relevant to 2020. Can you, uh, this is actually a specific template of a meme that was found pretty much only on Twitter, but can you describe what this is? Yeah. So let's call it first at uh, Oak Supreme saying it's 2020 and secure the dollars and spoil your mom. Right. And they're using, uh, they're using uh, ASCII art to basically draw the 2020 and then inserting like their goal for what they want 2020 to be. So these, and there's, let's do one more from uh, comment uh, at come and go pizza, but for breakfast, another shout out to what we talked about, the trend of, of corporations and, and brands actually using memes. I, this makes me feel and reminds me of just like a better time when we were so optimistic and like forward looking about 2020, we were thought, oh my God, this is going to be it. It's going to be the solution. There's so much to look forward to. Uh, and then this year slapped us in the face. Now, finally, right. I, I think this is kind of like one of the, uh, the, the, the signature memes of, of 2020, basically. Um, can you describe this one? Yeah, I'll start with a uh, at Brianimator. My plans, it's a little, little picture of an adorable little guy and 2020 it's a uh, wow this is super dark and depressing that got depressing fast it's a truck which you know is, is going to come ram in the face i forget what movie this is from but super dark we got another one from at, at andy amd underscore my plan it's marjorie tile looking super hot looking super nice 2020 it's a septa baylor blowing up in a bath of green flames this is this one from Ad Z Overwhelming. My plans is a bunch of young Padawan uh, with mini lightsabers, and then 2020, it's it's Anakin Skywalker coming to to kill the, the young Padawans. Uh, there's also one from from Parasite. Uh, my plans uh, from Alex Abads. My my plans. Uh, it's the family, you know, the 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 poor family from Parasite on the couch drinking the, the rich family's booze. Uh, right at the halfway point in the movie, and then at 2020 is the uh, former housekeeper ringing the doorbell. Basically, if you if you've seen Parasite side you know where this goes from here also this one uh, if you want to talk about this one yes from at uh, i want to say jbomb 11 my plan is kevin from the office picking up his chili getting really ready to share it 2020 it's kevin's spill all his chili and, and yeah and then this one like this this one down here this i love i think this is like a meme on a meme on a on a on a vile topic that happened but my plan is taylor swift looking all fly like an og uh picking up her vma 2020, it's Kanye taking that award and and saying uh, she's gonna Beyonce. Yeah, and of course, you know this this meme is basically just commenting on. I think what what all the memes we've kind of been talking about is that 2020 has just been 
a year we can't really predict and and a year that basically like never didn't go as we planned basically 2020s definitely not been our ideal year but i think through the memes you know looking back uh maybe hopefully you got a little bit at, le- at least the memes were able to keep us laugh through everything that that uh, negative that that happened this year and if nothing else i think it was it definitely was a great year for memes um but also just a good like a good year for memes to spread because we're all locked down at home that we've as a society we've had less like in her in-person social human interaction uh, human interaction than ever before but we can still share these ideas be very very real and in very crisp very straightforward ways without having to go through like 10 hours of, of discussion on a zoom call we can share ideas that really speak to what's going on in our brain and how we feel and and know that other people are feeling the same way Right, like a lot of my communication with my siblings, even right, like I'm not even like texting them like paragraphs or or whatever, right? I mean, like we have a call, like I don't know, once a month, once every couple of weeks, to just like actually talk face to face. But frankly, I'm often just like seeing a meme, copying it, and just sharing with them, just like, hey, I, I thought of you guys. I thought you guys would appreciate this kind of this meme, basically, right? It kind of like sums up what I'm thinking and feeling in this moment, and they do the same for me, right? So, you know, kind of closing thoughts, right? Is there anything? about the memes we've covered specifically about how do you think memes relate to the current events like what what role do memes have in our society's discourse when it comes to talking about things happening around us i'm gonna reference myself from 20 minutes ago and say i think this is just two things one it's like i see memes as a combination of of like the news it's very representative of what's going on of current events um of pay of like social of social society of like even pop culture but it's also like a journal. It's also reflecting like how we all feel. It's not just this is what's going on in our lives, but also this is how we feel about it. This is this is how like hard and this is how easy or this is how easy and this is how just real it is for us. And hoping that other people can like it and uh, share it so that it's it's validation that like how I'm feeling is the same way that you're feeling maybe. Right. And frankly, I think it's also just another way to one of the other points I brought up earlier is that memes are a way for us to participate in the current events, right? I mean, like, you know, the the stuff happening over in, in Iran with like the World War Three, right? Like that's not something that you and I and the ordinary citizen is able to really meaningfully affect, right? That's something that the Department of Defense and, and all the militaries involved, they're the ones actually making decisions, but we're still participating as almost like engaged citizens almost in talking about and having discourse about it through memes uh, you know, in ways we might not have otherwise for, for whatever reason. For sure. Although I will say, I think there is something that we can do about the aliens. I'm going to go outside and start shouting at the sky and tell them that I, I volunteer to join the Galactic Federation. All right, all right. Well, well. Hopefully, you'll be able to podcast uh, from, from Mars whenever that time's come for, the, for next year's edition of uh, Years in Meme. Salver, is there anything closing? Any anything you want to plug? Anything uh, you want to wrap up before uh, we sign off? No, I, I just want to call out. I think this is if hopefully twenty twenty one is going to be a better year than this year. If even if it's not, I know for sure we're going to see some pretty awesome, pretty crazy memes that come out of it. Um, only thing I want to plug is please wash your hands, please wear a mask, and just take care of yourself. Like the the one thing that all of us need to make sure we're doing is just make sure you're taking stock and taking a deep breath once in a while and and feeling good about yourself because you deserve it. Thanks again to our guests for joining us for this episode. And thanks to you for tuning in to the Year in Memes podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, please consider subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or to my YouTube channel. And make sure that you catch every episode for this year as well as hopefully for future years. Also, consider leaving us a rating or simply share it with your friends so that other people can learn about the show. It really helps. The Year in Memes podcast is a Ninja Boy Media production. Until then, happy memeing. Somebody once told me this name is
Do it! 